for our feature interview this week. It is a real pleasure to welcome back for a second time to the Trail Running Ireland podcast after his Ivera Traverse record run a couple of months back, Killarney man Kevin Leahy, who reached the finish line of the world's coldest and some say toughest race in first place, the Yukon Arctic 300 mile race, um, a couple of weeks ago. He had to drag a sled weighing between 25kg and 30kg with all his cooking, tent and clothing equipment through the course. And all I can say is, wow, unbelievable mental and physical strength. And to find out more, let's dial in the man himself. Kevin, on February 9th, just less than a month ago now, you completed and won the 300-mile Yukon Arctic Ultra in five days, 20 hours, and amazingly, on only 10 hours of sleep in sub-zero conditions, along with a host of other challenges and obstacles that you had to overcome during that race itself, never mind the, the, the lack of sleep, lack of sleep. But just the first question, Kevin, that I have is, where does the drive come from? to take on that level of challenge and then to tough it out when you're there to complete it and to win it. Where, where does it come from, Kevin? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, look, I suppose I, suppose I, like, uh, I, I like challenging myself. Uh, I like pushing myself. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, I suppose, looking for, looking for the limits physically and mentally kind of thing. So I knew that, I knew that was going to be a massive challenge. Um, I suppose a massive fear. I suppose a massive fear of failure as well as uh, would be one of the things that keeps me going. I I I, I know I, I know I wouldn't wouldn't like to live with myself if I pulled out because it because it was a bit sore or a bit cold or something like that. So so there's a good few a good few contributing factors to the drive. Yeah, um, I mean, as you were growing up, I mean, were you inspired by I don't know local role models, local the sporting greats all down in Kerry as well, or even on a at a national level, Irish athletes at all? Like, were you a big sports kid growing up, and 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 is uh, that you stayed there now? And um, you know, you still feel like you're you're going out to run around the field, even though you might be in your thirties or forties now. <laughs> you still have that uh, child. <laughs> joy of sport and running and adventure still there maybe uh it's, it's interesting I, mean, I was i was a sport i was into soccer and football uh, i wasn't die hard when i when i was younger so I, I wouldn't say i came from my youth i i think it's a i think it's it's a massive sense of adventure that seems to be kind of constantly growing kind of thing uh, i'd always i always liked adventures but uh, you know, maybe a bit of a misspent use, and 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 in and in work too hard in Australia. I was I always had an appetite for it, but I wasn't feeding the appetite. And then, in my like early thirties, I finished up working engineering in Australia and headed for South America. And then I I really got into like the the adventure and kind of started figuring out the gear and the mountains and and how to do things and how to feed myself in the mountains and and you know the picking good good big adventures that tested myself you know i was in a i was in a mountain called pick boulevard in venezuela i pushed myself very hard there and another one chimborazo was in ecuador um so i think it's just a massive sense of adventure that's kind of keeping me going on these things and um and just and again the the, the bigger the challenge the, the more the more prep you have to do the more you have to think about it the more like i i know the better the, the better condition my body is in, the more I enjoy the event kind of thing, you know. So if you don't train hard enough, then you're giving yourself excuses during an event to, to pull out or slow down or, you know, get, get negative and, and, and stop and I think So it's just an overall kind of 
pushing of myself uh, and it kind of set, I suppose knowing that I'll have to push myself yourself improving you're learning you're learning about how to deal with the cold you're learning about a stove you're learning about dehydrated foods you're learning about like your diet and your your, your, your fats and your carbohydrates your protein intakes and stuff like that so it's always it's always pushing me to learn and improve myself and from what I'm hearing there Kevin is that you're saying that it's all about improving yourself and yeah. learning about your own limits um, and I'm just wondering then at the start of that race I read in one of the race reports that you laid down the gauntlet from the very very start so where are you thinking in that race and, and are you thinking in your, your your adventure mindset now are you beginning now to look to compete and try and win these adventure races like you did like you did in in the Yukon, or is it still very much about seeing how far you can push your push yourself? I suppose, yeah, I, I suppose the way it's working out, I'm pushing myself and 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 I am being competitive, you know. Um, so I just like to push myself, and it and it just so happens in some of these races that I'm coming across the line first, you know. I'm just pushing myself as far as as far as I'm com- comfortable with, kind of thing. Maybe maybe too far at times, or maybe not, but. Um, I just push myself and, and I come where I come. So, you know, if someone, like I said, it in the Kerry way this year, um, I was going to push myself. And if someone came ahead of me, then good on them. And, you know, three other, two or three other guys came, also came sub 24. So, but I was, I was fourth and I was still happy with the result, knowing that I, I'd done the best that I could do in that race. So yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of the philosophy, you know, it's like not to be disappointed because another guy had a better day or another guy just simply lives in the Arctic and is able to handle those conditions better than I can, or, or, you know, look was on his side or look was on my side. It's go out and you know you've tried your hardest and pushed yourself and, and, and you come where you come. And it's just so happens in, in these Arctic races, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty competitive with them. Yeah. And I mean, when you were in that race and you were winning, you were leading the race from the go, did, did that change your approach to the actual race itself? I mean, did you find yourself getting maybe more excited and, um, you know, the heart rate just that little bit higher, the adrenaline rush from being in the lead, or were you quite good at remaining calm and staying on point? I was quite, I was quite good. I had a, um, I was, I was quite good. Most of it. I, I, I did go out a bit too hard. Um, uh, to give you the backstory, I suppose that two years previous I'd done the hundred mile race and I I completed the hundred miles in thirty one hours. So I, I kind of my mindset was, ah, sure I'll go out and do that again and have a snooze den kind of thing. But the, the conditions were much harder this year. There was a lot of heavy snow, foot and a half of heavy snow on the first night. So I kind of had gone out fairly hard, but hadn't reached what what I had set as my goal, and I got got a little bit negative for a while. Um, with that, I was having issues with my stove and I lost my spoon and stuff like that, which is pretty important for the dehydrated food. So a couple of those things kind of kind of got on top of me a bit. I got a little bit negative, um, although I was still winning the race, but it, you know, that, that shouldn't have been happening, but it, but it did happen due to sleep deprivation. But then I, I kind of pulled it together. I had a, I, I set up tent, I set up camp and I, I camped and slept for like three, four hours and I woke up again. And then I kind of woke up and I was trekking in the dark for a few hours and then the sun came up. It was always like a really long sunrise over there. And through that, I kind of I was able to sort out my head a little bit and focus on the positives and and kind of get my head around uh, the challenge that I still had 350 miles to go or 350 kilometers to go. And then another 500 kilometers to go after like three weeks after that. Uh, so once I kind of got through that period, the head was pretty good. And I was six, seven hours ahead at that stage. 
and uh, I, I, I had a, I kind of kept that, kept that going for a while. And I suppose for a while I was looking at the clocks, like, and when I'd be in the stations and asking the crew, you know, how far ahead am I? And they'd be like six hours, six hours. And I knew I was, I was going pretty consistently then and then into six hours turned into nine hours, turned into 12 hours. And eventually I was, I was 18 hours ahead of second, uh, second foot racer. Yeah, um, you mentioned in one of the uh, interviews after the race, Kevin, um, about those some of those tough points that you've described there that you said you either crumble and drop out of the race or you flip it around and keep going. And you've been talking there a lot about just you know talking to yourself and being able to push on. Is that a skill, Kevin, that you've worked on over the last couple of years? And is it something that, you know, we, we can practice? And for listeners that are listening in that might have their own adventures, their own obstacles to overcome. I mean, you make it sound so simple there. Yeah, I just focused on the next 100 kilometers, next 200 kilometers. And I just kept on going through <laughs> the, the, the minus 20 degrees um, and temperatures and, and lack of sleep. But is it something that you work on? Is it something that you train? Um, I suppose you, you train through experience. I, I suppose a lot of it's just through experience. And look, I, I do read I do read quite a lot uh, of psychology, uh, that side of things, and, and books about mindset. Not, a, not an awful lot. I suppose um, the, the Tim Paradox was actually a, a book I read just before just before the race. I found that one pretty good. And I suppose just being being aware of of, of your mind and, and the, 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 the kind of the voices, the other voices, the ones that want to stop and quit and know that, that that's not really who, who you are or why you signed up. You know, you signed up to, to, to enjoy these things and do a full race, not just to not just to drop out after 30 hours because you're because you're tired kind of thing. So. I suppose it's uh, like you're having a battle with yourself, really, and 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 knowing that 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 uh, the right person wins, and and the, the one you're you're better off to keep going. You'll, you'll regret it if you if you let the negatives compound. Like so, it's just not letting, I don't know, flexing the muscle and not letting that negative voice kind of kind of take over because we've all had it in races where the negative voice takes over. It's like oh, I didn't train hard enough, and that guy that just passed me out way better than me, and he's got nicer shorts than me, and this and that and the other. I fell back there and I, I can't find my Snickers bar and you yeah. can kind of let all those negatives kind of get on top of you and you, you're all of a sudden not enjoying the race. I suppose, so I suppose it's like being aware, right, this is happening. This isn't good for me. And then finding the positives. No, you'll find another Snickers bar and that guy's shorts aren't cooler than yours or it doesn't matter anyway. And, and I have trained very hard and, and I can push on and forget that negative and just focus on the positive. Yeah, and you mentioned as well, just treating it section by section, whether that's kilometer by kilometer in a short hill race back home that might be only 10 kilometers long or 50 kilometers by 50 kilometers in what you are doing there, that if, if we maybe look too far ahead, that's when we'll lose hope and just be overwhelmed. But if you do it section by section, that seems to work very well. Yeah, yeah, I think no matter how big the race is, yeah, yeah, just get to that point, just get to that point and then focus on the next section after that. Yeah, that's that's key to it. Um, and, and you mentioned, Kevin, and I can't, I can't get over this one, this is incredible, that you only slept, was it close to 10 hours or so, over the nearly six days. Yeah, yeah, I think we're doing 10 and 15, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, surely you must have hit some wall, and um, never mind the wall in the marathon, like, we're, we're, we're well beyond that at this stage here. I mean, did the body ever just want to shut down, Kevin, and and how did you overcome that? I, I, I just can't fathom it. Um, yeah. like, on, on a normal, say, six days, when you're just in the comfort of your own house, 
and I've seen some of the photographs of where where you where you raced and you're just out in the wilderness snow and ice and and you know the, uh, local uh, wild animals all around you um did, did the body ever just shut down at all no no it was pretty good it was pretty good it didn't um as I say only besides the first night um other than that I was I was kind of got on a, a kind of a cycle that seemed to work well for me. I was like going for 16, 18 hours, like 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 moving or like stopping for small sacks. And then and then I'd stop and sleep for three or four hours. You know, you're coming to the end of that 16, 18 hours. You're, you're pretty achy. All right. You're like, I just I, I better stop. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, it's yeah. I was at a frozen. I was at a frozen lake one night and I didn't know how long the lake was. I thought you, know, you could cross this in a couple of kilometers. I'll camp at the other side. But the lake was eight kilometers long. So at that speed, it was only two and a half hours. You know, so that night, all right, there was a bit of a snowstorm and I was just going across the lake. I thought it would never finish. But again, I always just like it. Keep going, keep going. I've, I'm pretty confident that I've always got the energy, you know. Um, so it's just you keep going, keep going. What's the point in stopping? Keep going, keep going. So there was no, there was no major point where I was, I broke down and 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 stopped and didn't think I could go on anymore. And and generally, if I, if that like that time, I just got so tired, I just stopped and set up camp and sleep for a few hours and you, you wake up in the morning and it's like you, you're kind of you're you're not right as rain but you're you're, you're pretty good you know yeah i mean is it something that you've trained at all um running train through the night uh, i know for example the trans grand canardia is on this weekend here in grand canary and i know from talking to some of the, the athletes at the top end of the field that they will that they've told me that they will actually go out and do some night runs like they might practice actually say starting off the race at 11 o'clock, which is when that race starts at night time. And they might do five or six hours during the night. So like, were you training that aspect of it over the winter mm. in Kerry? No, 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 no. I, I, my, I did go for a long trek. I did a, I did a 27 hour trek, but that was more to test out my, my, I suppose it was to get a lot of hours on my feet with, with a backpack on and just double check my, my, my camping and cooking equipment and stuff like that. But generally, I suppose again, I've just I've done a lot of races, and I know I know I can get up to like we've done race with raced with with that with the Dar team up in up in Donegal, and we were we were racing for fifty eight hours without sleeping. So I suppose it's a it's a confidence thing that I I I can yeah. do it if I really need to do it kind of thing. Uh, so I don't think I need to I don't think I need to train for that anymore. I just I know I can do it, and the adrenaline I think the adrenaline is massive. You know, um, yeah. that 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 just keeps you going. You know, to, 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 to be honest, in races in Ireland, I would have been big on the Coca-Cola and stuff like that. But over in the UK, you can't carry a can of Coke because it'll just turn into a, a big ice block. So yeah, I didn't, yeah. So I wasn't even I wasn't even dosing up on caffeine. I had some of the the cliff cliff blocks with caffeine in them, yeah. but I wasn't dosing on them that much. So I I put it down. A lot of it have to be down to adrenaline, I suppose, and just the excitement of the race. And just as you mentioned there that the Coke bottles would freeze up, I presume then energy gels, which we might typically go for in an ultra race, the gels would freeze up as well. Yeah, yeah, gels would freeze. Yeah, they just turn to salad, uh, salad, salad ice. Now you wow. would like what? So what we do in a race? I so I still wear like a, a race vest. Uh, where so I've, generally I have three three layers: a base layer, a mid layer, and a, and a over layer, kind of a light down jacket. So I have I keep my running vest in between my base layer and my mid layer. 
and you've got your pockets in there. So anything, you know, if you, if you knew you wanted a gel in, in a half an hour, you might, you'd, you'd pack it in there. That'll defrost it. It'll be nice and body temperature by the time you're, <laughs> by the time you're ready to get it into you. But I do, yeah, I, I, I generally am not a gels guy. I, I, the cliff blocks is what I, what I prefer for, for, for the carbohydrates. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned the word adrenaline there, and I'm sure that when you did get to that finish line and I think was it 17 started Kevin and was it only six in the end made it yeah 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 so so one of six getting to the finish line there the first first runner home first person on foot home um it, it must have been a, such a strange feeling for the mind for the body because you have all this adrenaline and joy and happiness but then you must be absolutely wrecked as well so like what is that moment like when you get there and you know i saw an irish flag go around you you get your medal and you know that you've won it and talk to us about that yeah 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 i was i was it was uh it was interesting finishing i suppose to um to give you the full story i suppose I'd finished earlier than what I thought. There was there was still quite a few miles left in the race, and I was I was after going for about twenty two hours um, to get to this point where I thought I was going to camp for the night and then and then finish. You know, having like a ten hour trek the following day. But then there was some 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 overflow, some unsafe kind of river conditions that uh, on on the course because there had been so much snow and they ended up shortening the race. So I was like, oh, okay, just like just kind of it's like i had the choice like there'll be four or five hours to finish i was there oh yeah sure i may as well push on there's no point in camping and camping and um camping and, and doing four hours tomorrow so i kind of pushed on but this was this was like at 12 o'clock and i'd been gone for 22 hours so i pushed on and i i i, I kind of pushed into the red zone again so i was i was pretty tired doing the last little section you're winding around the river going back into the town white horse and I could see the finish line for about an hour and a half and I was at this meandering, meandering river, but I was like, is it ever going to end? You know, I was yeah. in a foot and a half of snow, breaking the trail, the sled, pulling the sled along. And it was torture. Why, you know, you're questioning, why do I do it? But then like I got to within about 50 meters of the line and I'd forgotten about it all. And I was delighted and, and, and uh, the, yeah, it was just a lovely finish line experience. You know, yourself when, when you, when you finish, it was just like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, and, and it really is just the, the glory of it, isn't it? Because there's no big check waiting for you. There's, there's no, nah. I don't know if there's a big trophy even, or there's nah, no big the thing, nah, just, deal just, or anything a, like no, that. Just no. the, pure, the pure joy. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's just something something you'll 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 have with you forever. You know, you mightn't look too excited. You just got a, a silly smile on your face when you cross the line, but you know it's it means a lot more to you. And you've had a few hours to soak it in as well, kind of thing. It's not as if a, it's a hundred meter sprint finish and you've and you just get across the line. You've had you've had three days where you were kind of already knowing you were going to get to the finish line. So it's a it's an interesting one. And you know, there's generally ultra marathon finish lines are aren't big affairs anyway. Now this one probably was set up to be bigger, but because it got shortened, it, we finished at 6 a.m. So it was uh, it was the usual three three men and a dog at the finish line kind of thing. Yeah. Um and of course you weren't the only Irish man there either. There was a Kerry man there, um EO Curran. Um yeah. so if there had been an official team competition, Ireland would have taken home the team prize. Yeah, we yeah, uh, we we Ireland won the nation's cup. I think it was mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was gas with it. I I I actually hadn't met him. We don't know each other, I hadn't met him at all. And the first time we we came across each other was like crossing each other in the middle of the race on this on this frozen lake that I mentioned. We just stopped and shook hands and and agreed to meet for a pint on the Thursday night when he finished. <laughs> so, yeah, 
Yeah, it's great. I was actually back with him yesterday, back in the Ingle. He's lent me some some gear I'm going to use in this race. So yeah, it's a lovely a lovely encounter, and it was good good crack to meet a, a Kerryman as well. You know, ah, very good. And were there many locals actually um, participating in the race, or did the did the locals know Kevin that it's just crazy? It, it's mad. It's so hard. Do they stay out, stay well clear of it? Um, yeah, the the vast majority of them stay away from it. There's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple of them there, but. Like I suppose it's like races around here, you know, or like like, like you know some of the local races. Are you gonna are you gonna pay quite a lot of money to do to do something, or like to do? It's quite a lot of money. It's like, for them, it's like they have it on the doorstep all the time, so they can kind yeah. of do it every weekend. So, but there is there daily lives and part of their daily routines, that type of landscape and conditions and so on. Yeah, yeah, um. <laughs> After the race, Kevin, I mean, and I'm asking this for all of us who want to try and improve our recovery post hard <laughs> efforts, whether it's from a, a, a summer, winter or winter league in the Imre leagues or if it's, a, if it's a big ultra one like your one. But as you said, you're off now. You're flying out to Sweden tomorrow for another 500k in, in more drastic cold conditions. Um, and you had, what was it, about maybe a three, four week turnaround. Um, yeah, just over three, yeah. So what, what recovery techniques have you been using and what's been working well? And maybe what, what, what tips can you give us for all us mere mortals who are trying to recover from 10Ks and 20Ks? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't go, I didn't go crazy. I, th- I didn't. Um, so I suppose since then I've had, I, I got off the airport in Cork and I went, I got the legs into the ocean. Uh, quite enjoyed that. And I've, uh, I had one massage. Uh, I, I did one cryotherapy session. I've done two two kind of just kind of strength and mobility sessions with uh, with my man Andrew Fitzgerald. Other than that, it, it's I I just think it's all been about just just sleeping and eating and resting and and uh, just just as much sleep and as much food and as much rest as I could possibly get. Okay. And I figure out like I I didn't pick up any injuries, just no niggles. I actually, my my knees right. feel better. My knees feel better now than they did going into the other race. To be honest. Uh, so yeah. I think like the heard it before, sleep is as good as EPO. You know, I think if you're getting yeah. to sleep, but it, it took it took me a while to get, you know, because it was it was it was it was it was finishing the race and three days later, a 24, 26 hour flight back to Ireland, back into a different time zone. So I was like for a week, I was like still on Canadian time or I don't know what time I was on. Um, but I, I kind of straightened that up now in the last week and I'm, I'm starting to feel much my batteries are getting closer to being at a level where I'm ready to race again. Yeah, I mean, even say from a diet point of view, Kevin, have you been making a special effort there with, say, anti-inflammatory foods or just eating back to basics? Um, back, to ba- back to basics. I suppose I'd be, I generally, I don't have a, a very, very clean diet or a strict diet, I should say, but, you know, the tonic, tonic water there, I find uh, I find quite good. It's got quinine in it. It's a natural anti-inflam or like in my, yeah. my smoothies in the morning, I, I do, I'd have turmeric, which is also a natural infla- anti-inflam and you, that you got to mix that with the cracked pepper that, that activates it. Um, yeah. So generally, yeah, like I'd have, I'd have, I'd have a few foods that I'd be kind of going to regularly enough that are, that are doing natural anti-inflam things. But I didn't, um, it was amazing because I, I had a, I did have a lot of painkillers and, and anti-inflams in my bag for the race thinking I didn't know what I was going to be in for, but I, I didn't end up taking one single one, the whole, the whole race or, or after the race. So I was quite happy with that, that I just kind of, the, the body just did everything itself. Yeah. And how have you found, Kevin, say balancing um, 
professional commitments. I know you have a, a coffee shop and a hostel down in Killarney as well, the, the Black Sheep Hostel. If anyone has ever <laughs> make sure to check Kevin out. But how do you find managing, um, managing that business itself and then also being pretty much nearly a, a full-time adventure racer um, and a, a full-time adventure champion at the moment as well? I mean, how do you find balancing the two? Is it tough or are you just focusing on the, the adventure racing at the moment? Yeah, uh, no, look, I'm here in the hostel now, just kind of just working on rosters for next week and stuff like that. Um, it, it, it is tough. I, I am very lucky. I've got amazing staff here and they kind of, they kind of, they, they know what I'm about kind of thing. And they, they've, some of them have been here long term. Um, and, and I, you know, there's a good team of them here. So I, I'm very lucky that I have an amazing staff. Um, but it is, you know, it is, it is tough you know, when you're away the longer you're away the bigger the cracks gets and stuff like that so you got to come home and the first you know yourself like when you finish an ultra marathon there's the high and then there's a bit of a low and generally you end up coming back yeah. home and there's a bit of a low and you're coming back to, to uh, two businesses that have broken this and that and the other and pain so so look it's 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 tough but um I'm, I'm very happy to be in a position i am you know i do i, I they're my businesses and and they give me a lot of freedom so i wouldn't i wouldn't change any of that for the world to be honest and do you find, do you get out and train first thing in the morning and then go into work, Kevin, or, or do you go into work first and then um, get rid of uh, all the problems with a nice run in the afternoon? Yeah, I like, I love the mornings. I think sunrise is the best. So I'll, uh, I'll have two or three sunrise runs per week kind of thing. And that, that sets you up again, good yeah. bit for the day. And, you know, Sundays like Saturday evening and I'll work Saturday, Saturday evening. I used to go out with the tire for a few hours and Sunday then is always... It's always the big day, you know. You're you're gonna you're gonna be gone for six to eight hours, whether you're on a bike or or, or what. Um, so I like looking enough this the, the, running running the business is I I have a lot of flexibility with it as well, you know. So if you can you can leave early, you can go late or take take a break. I do have a lot of flexibility with it. Yeah, and just our last question then before you get back there to to looking after the rosters and, and getting back to running the place there, Kevin. Your your next one, you're flying out tomorrow to Sweden to Lapland. 500 kilometers and um, talk to us about this one is it similar type of train of what you experienced in the Yukon Arctic um similar standard of athletes maybe as well what what are your um I suppose all along I was kind of thinking this one might might be easier I suppose there was there's was definitely more of a, a um a chance for severe conditions or severe frostbite conditions in the Yukon um, but then the snow, the snow happened, and and that may, I, I I hadn't realized how difficult the snow would make it. So it's looking like, unfortunately, that well, it's going to look like there's going to be a lot of snow here as well, you know. And you're you're pulling out the snowshoes quite a lot, so you're burning a lot of calories per per step there wearing a pair of snowshoes. Yeah. So I think this is this is going to be just as challenging, if not more challenging. Maybe maybe not from a temperature because we can't get the minus forty degrees there, but. Uh, from a from a underfoot conditions kind of thing in the snow. The snow makes it hard with the visibility and stuff as well. It just makes everything a bit more difficult. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly think I, I can't be complacent going into it. It's going to be it's going to be very difficult. Maybe not with the extreme cold, but um, with the conditions. And and one thing I learned, one thing as well, is it kind of got warmer in the Yukon as well. And and that doesn't necessarily make it easier. You're you're working harder than underfoot. You're you're pulling the sledge. You're not getting any glide from the sledge. So you're like kind of pulling it through like like a sand kind of material rather than mm -hmm. this icy thing that you would have expected when it's minus 20 minus 25 
Yeah, uh, I think I think there's yeah they're having the the, the route the, they're having there's a lot of route changes happening over there as well, which which tells me that the trail isn't 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 uh, isn't a hundred percent. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be another another battle. Um, and that battle is starting on March sixth. And um, how many days do you think you might be out there for, Kevin? This time, uh, I'll I'll go for six to seven. Six or seven. Okay. Well, listen, yeah. we'll, we'll be we'll be tuning in. I know you have a social media account there on Instagram and Facebook, I think, as well. And uh, if the reaction um, from what you got after the last win is anything to go by, um, it, I think you'll have a lot of uh, following on in Irish media as well. A lot of newspapers phoned you up. You're on RTE, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll get a lot of coverage and um, this time around as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how we go. <laughs> I might, have to, okay. I might have to might have to come over to you for a holiday or something to lay low yeah, for. Yeah, you might you might need one to escape all the media <laughs> attention. And I suppose just on that, Kevin, I mean, has all that attention has it been a, a welcome distraction, or is it kind of a little bit energy zapping as well when you're just trying to recover? You have people like me calling you up, look, looking to talk to you about what what you did. Um, how how do you find that one? Uh, look, conversations like this are always a pleasure when I'm when I'm um, chatting to someone who 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 kind of who gets it and understands, you know. Um, so I, I I do like talking to people about running, uh, but I am a bit of an introvert. So sometimes you know meeting talk talking about the same small talk all all the time does get to me a little bit. <laughs> you know, not a, not obviously not all interviewers can be experts in running and stuff like that, but it, the, the, some of the questions do get a little bit repetitive, right? So uh, so I, sometimes I it can be energy zapping. So that there it is, and and I need I need to rest at home. Sure, but I Look, know it's all—it's it's all good fun, and it's all like there's there's been a there's the community's been lovely since I've been back. People are really proud and stuff like that. So that's 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 very positive and nice to see, and it's good to see, I suppose, what the a lot of people really got into the dot watching that didn't really understand or know or, or get that watching. So it's good to see people learn a little bit about our sport as well. And of course, you're doing it for a very good cause as well. Kevin, you're raising funds for ADAPT, the domestic abuse services, and um, they do great work there. And of course, you have a very good teammate alongside you for all of these adventures as well, um, Adrian McCarthy, who's recording footage of all of this and is going to edit it all together for a film documentary, hopefully sometime soon, Kevin. When will that hit our screens? We're hoping to get that out for, uh, for August, hopefully, get it into oh. some, of the, um, some of the film festivals happening. Brilliant. Sort of, Brilliant. yeah. Adrian will be Adrian will be Adrian will be pretty busy from uh from when I cross the finish line. We'll be under a bit of pressure to to get all that going. But look, no better man. I think Adrian's Adrian's having a good time coming on these adventures too, and it's good to have him there with me. So we're uh, yeah. we're quite enjoying it. We're kind of enjoy, enjoying the whole experience and learning a bit about ourselves as well. I'm sure there's plenty of stories to be told, and it's the best yeah, of great yeah. ones for adapt as well. Kevin, good luck in your travels over the next couple of days. Have a brilliant, brilliant adventure. I'm sure whatever happens, happens. You're, you're doing the country and you're doing the, the trail running community. Very, very proud. Well done. Oh, and thanks a million. Okay, take care. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Well, that's a wrap for this week's episode, everybody. Good luck to all the Irish runners in the Transgrand Canaria this weekend. Friend of the show and the wonderful trail running festival race director, Simon Kelly is running. So I look forward to seeing Simon and hopefully lots more Irish flags at the finish line of the first big international trail running race of the season. All eyes will be on the pros to see who takes the big win there on Saturday afternoon. A little reminder of our Patreon account, everybody, before you go, 
if you do get a chance to pop over to Patreon, it would be a great help. Patreon Trail Running Ireland podcast and a small contribution, the price of a gel per month will help keep us going throughout the year and help to promote this great sport of trail and mountain running. Everybody, let's get our running gear on. Let's go. Let's go.